Welcome to the Draft Doctors Podcast, your home of weekly draft content. Now here's Steve, Jono, Cam, and the Statesman. G'day everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Draft Doctors. I'm your host Stevie Fears. Today we're doing one of our favourite episodes. That's right, you love it, you live it, you breathe it. It is Stato's 22 under 22. That's right, the man who predicted Jai Cully to absolutely smash it off his ACL, <laughs> which is a bold take given he's at the West Coast Eagles. That's right, the same club that protected Shannon Hearn and Luke Shuey and Nick Nat and Dom Sheed and whoever else. Uh, Jeremy McGovern, what you, Stato? Was it a howler or just a bold take? Uh, no, it was a howler. I didn't even realise he'd done an <laughs> ACL. So, uh, yeah, no, definitely a howler. And the worst thing is I had basically uh, four to pick from um, and uh, got the only one that looked shocking. Could have just said Jimby and it would be over. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you meant Jimby. Yeah, I definitely I... did. I definitely did, yeah. Anyway. I think the worst part was that Jono would never listen to the show, and he just <laughs> happened to listen to it and just in, up bobbed up in the group chat. And uh, mate, is this uh, twenty twenty four or twenty twenty four? And uh, I did love the listener that said, "At least he only put him on the list once." It's very good. It's very good. Um, of course, it was a massive. I mean, between the time we're recording and we release, the draft will have happened, which no one really cares about. Let's be honest, It's there's like five people who care about it besides the people who get drafted. Uh, Bluey Fest, Stato, Bluey Fest is, is just wrapped up. You're not a Bluey fan? No. Really? A lot of people in the fantasy community, because they're sort of my age, probably you're a generation in front, so, you know, um, your grandkids would have been, if you know... <laughs> If you had him, would be right into it. But Bluey Fest wrapped up to controversy. It's a controversy. What what is Bluey Fest? So uh, excuse so me. So the television show that Bluey, the cartoon Bluey, you know of? Yeah, I'm sure I probably do. Yeah. Oh, it's a good show, and okay. you know, there's a bit of controversy about what was number one. Like the cricket episode was number one. Right. It's a good episode. But people were going for sleepy time. I'm not. I'm not a big sleepy time. I mean, it's fine, right? I like past the parcel. I like the past the parcel episode. But there's an episode I really like. It's called Stickbird. Stato, let me walk you through Stickbird. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's to a family it. of four, and there's the there's the two kids. There's the mum and the dad. They're all dogs, right? And it, but it's like life. It's like life, mm-hmm. right? It, there's something in it for the kids, but there's something in it for the adults, right? Okay. And so there's this episode called Stickbird, and the dad is just looking off into the yonder and something's bothering him. They're at the beach. Something's bothering him. Something's, it's, it's, it's wearing him down like life. Stato wears you down. And it never got resolved in the episode. No one understood what it was that um, was getting him down. It was something at work. Is it a family problem? No one really. And so it was sort of, I like things that are open to interpretation. I, I think that's a sign of great art is that things can be open to interpretation. But, as you know, we're in the information age state. I couldn't couldn't let it go, uh, as it were. So I I tracked down the the writer of the episode. I said, "What was what was going on with that episode where where Bandit was just looking off into the yonder?" And he said, "I, I couldn't let it go, Steve. I couldn't let it go. I couldn't understand um, how people could still be." 
still be nostalgic for Blink-182 in this day and age. And I wanted to convey that on the screen. Well, in any sense of good art, uh, I'll leave it open to interpretation what I felt about that story. <laughs> anyway, round zero. It's <laughs> 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 a fun <laughs> Uh, the fantasy community shook. They're shook. They're up in arms. <laughs> They're not about round zero. Um, what are your thoughts? You obviously have to toe the line. No, no, no. I, um, uh, to be honest, in the fan- fantasy perspective, I haven't given a great thought at the moment, but I- I'm actually excited to, um, the more variables there are, the, uh, the more fun it is for someone like me that's really, um, keen and excited and likes the challenge. So um, I'll just wait to see how the platforms uh, are going to manage it um, and then see in any way, shape or form, uh, I can exploit what's happening to get an advantage for my draft teams, my keeper teams, my dynasty teams, and of course my classic teams. I think it's worse for real football than fantasy football personally. In the, like, and, and, you know, they can try things, right? Like they can try things and that's fine. So it's probably harsh to put shit on them before it occurs. Yeah. and you don't people know putting shit on gather round. Yeah, but the the only thing I'll say about the fact that it's round one is there's such a build-up to round one and to cut more than half the teams out of that excitement of round one kind of feels crummy. Mm. I get but really we'll excited for the... For the, um, the actual practice games and the the pre-season cup and then watch that and go, eh, it's not as good as the real thing. So to have more real thing, I'm not disappointed in. I just, like, you think about all the fans in Western Australia and South Australia, the great fans. The great fans. The great fans of those, our, our good mates. They've got nothing. Nothing. They've got nothing, is that what you're saying? They've got nothing. They, nothing. They can't watch They're, be, they're they excited about a, Coldplay at this point. They can't pick. Coldplay. They can't. <laughs> I think you need to sing a rendition of Yellow. It's not well. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Can't be uh, good. Uh, I'm I'm open. Um, excited uh, um, and look forward to see how it uh, impacts fantasy footy. I just think with fantasy footy, it's like it's a game you play within the parameters. If you don't like it, it is what it is. It's like people saying AFL fantasy is better than Supercoach or vice versa. Oh, it's true. Exactly. Right? <laughs> anyway. Exactly. It's all about the 22 under 22 today. <laughs> it is. It is. All right. Well, we'll get um, underway, Steve. And I, I will start. I'll cover through some... Um, some missed players. I've got two groups of missed players, uh, one that fit uh, the criteria and a few that um, uh, don't, but I think that they're superstars you should have on your your keeper radar anyway. Um, and this is a really good model um, to actually look um, what the facts say rather than what the gut field says. So this was born after Footy Rhino's uh, model when he used to do a podcast. They used to do the, um, I think it was 21 under 21, I think it was, but it was basically looking at the best players rather than um, pure fantasy stuff. So this is data-born, so this is not opinion-based. This is pure 
um, database. We've got a secret formula that uh, goes over about um, 15 different um, criteria entries and then they add up with a formula score, the highest finishes at number one. So five players that fit the criteria um, that actually don't make the final 22 are Angus Sheldrick, who I think um, out of his nine games showed us a, a bit of a ceiling game. Um, be interesting to see what you think his uh, role and opportunity is going to be. Taylor Adams probably only hurts that for him, to be quite honest with you. Elijah Hollands, um, who we know uh, is a bit of a ball magnet, hasn't had the great opportunity, uh, switched over to Carlton, so we'll see what happens there. Someone that was high up last year, Sam Berry, just sort of disappeared into the wilderness, Steve. Um, so he's uh, dropped off the radar a little bit, but has shown a bit of a ceiling out of his 39 games, given us two centuries or two tons and uh, a big ceiling game over 120. Uh, Jake Bowie, um, who uh, Dossie loves, uh, 42 games for just his one ton, um, but just a 62 average, um, not fantastic this year. Uh, and one that's shown us early that he has got a bit of a ceiling is Josh Weddle, um, but unfortunately he didn't uh, scrape in, but uh, one ton in his first season is good. Uh, and the three shout-outs that didn't fit the criteria that I think are going to be uh, superstars in the fantasy realm uh, is Cam McKenzie from Hawthorne, uh, Bailey Humphrey from the Suns, uh, ours, yours and mine, Steve, um, and George Wardlaw. Um, I think he's going to be a little bit of a ripper. Any points of view of those eight that missed out? Well, I've planted the flag on Wardlaw, mm. I think. I look at Holland's, and it seems to be if you want midfield time, it's probably the worst club mm. to go to. Yeah, you'd you'd have to be hoping he plays a mid forward role and picks up forward status. I would have thought yeah. in the short term. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And so even 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 Humphrey, like he, like he shows a lot, but he it's is it happening soon? Yeah. Is he a slow burn? Is it all about role? Yeah. Yeah. They've got a fair bit of talent in that squad too. So, uh, yeah, interesting one for him, but explosive power looks sensational. And so does Cam McKenzie, just quietly. All right, so let's get into the uh, 22 under 22. And I will say uh, the top 12 here, so the depth here, the top 12 is magnificent. Um, and a couple of potential breakout stars um, from 13 to 22 as well. So uh, starting at 22, so the bottom end of the list is someone I was probably expecting to be a fair bit higher, but um, didn't take his step out this year, only averaging 57 with forward status um, as well. So it was a bit disappointing year. He's given us two tons in his 45 games, and that's Tommy Powell. Yeah, it's oh, man. I'm starting to get negative on Tom Powell. He's got it, but the problem is there's a lot of midfield depth in that squad, and more coming with five picks in the top twenty. That's the problem, isn't it? Mm. It's not him. It's what's happening around him. Yep, correct. Um, and it'd be interesting to see what falls out because you've got to think if they do get say another three high quality midfielders 
in that squad, what falls out in two or three years. So there may be some high quality picked up by other clubs that are effectively playing VFL. Yeah, I just don't see him getting that inside time that he needs. Yep, yep, totally agree. Um, But that's why his average dropped away this year and and therefore his data uh, drops him down the list. I was probably expecting him to be knocking on the top ten. Uh, next one, um, bit of a mover this year, but he's one that has a few question marks on it as well, but he actually has the ability, two tonnes this year, average of 67, and with forward status, uh, he could uh, rise up the list, and that's Archie Perkins. Yeah, he's the great question mark for me. I'm probably not as convinced on the fantasy output just at this point in time because I see... Again, that midfield being quite settled without him, probably prefer Hobbs over him in there. And then you look at the forward line and they bring in guys like Gresham. Mm. I'm not sure that's great for his fantasy output, and that's what we're concerned about. Yeah, that's exactly right. Average of 67 um, this year. This is 60 games he's uh, put together for his three seasons, so... Uh, look, it's sort of now or never that he gets the fieldable scores, but I think he's worthwhile punt in a in a keeper league. Uh, next at yeah, sure, sure. Next at twenty, we should uh, expect to drop. This club's got uh, three players in it, and they're all coming in the next five. So, uh, breakout opportunities here. Um, just one ton out of his eighteen games, but. Going into his third season, he should get greater opportunities. That's Matthew Johnson, Fremantle Dockets. Yeah, certainly a lot of opportunity, it seems, but it all seems to be on the outside. Yes, absolutely. And there's going to be more outside opportunities. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, it's probably not great for your redraft. Maybe it's okay for your keepers, but, I mean, Brayshaw and Sarong, it's... Just absolute superstars. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, keeping with the same club, number 19 uh, is Heath Chapman. Uh, only an average of 60 this year from his three games, but uh, showed a ceiling before. Um, I think he's in for a breakout year and potentially uh, a wing option for them. Absolutely. Uh, now, last uh, next one, number 18, is a top ager for the under-22s this year. We're expecting to break out. Um, this season didn't happen, um, but I think uh, the floodgates open now, and that's Tanner Bruin um, for Geelong. Uh, so many vest impacted games over his career so far, but uh, average of 71 and a few games really showing us what he can do. I think Tanner Bruin's just about to take the step up. He's interesting, isn't he? Mm. He had the role, didn't get much TOG, didn't score great. But he had moments where he did score great. So he actually has shown. And um, maybe he's been a little bit of a Paddy Dow where, you know, he... Shows some highlights, has some runs of being a really good clearance player, 
just hasn't put it all together. Uh, only his third season. Hasn't really had everything his way yet. Uh, I expect with the change in the midfield at Geelong that that's happening soon. The only downside is he'll just have that forward status next, uh, the midfield status yeah, next year. Correct. Yeah. Mm. No bonuses for him. Uh, the last of the Frio boys uh, runs in at, at 17. All three of them I expect to be uh, running up the boards here. This one's mid only, um, but there is a potential to get forward status, so we'll see what uh, data comes through. Uh, it's Neil Erasmus. I don't know why I like him more than the others, but I do. Same here. So we're talking heading into his third season. He's shown us a bit, not a lot. That That's the key thing. He's only had the 19 games, so he's still pretty raw in his uh, total games, but heading into third season, we know that's an opportunity with class you can break out. Uh, next up, 16. Um, one player I really, really like um, and like to see him get more midfield time, but again, they've got some numbers going through there. Uh, shown a ceiling, um, shown he can be a, an absolute stud. It's Connor McDonald from Hawthorne. Did we we cop shit for picking him in our top 70 forwards last year? I think we did. Average 71, a uh, couple of tonnes. Um, I, I think he's in for a pretty big career, to be honest. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I was. He looked at. We had him pretty high, if I recall, and he he's probably one of those guys who's going to get past um, as others pick up forward status in, in the ranks, um, but has a fantasy game. Quite like him. Don't know what the ceiling is there because I don't know that he's going to get that. Um, it's It seems like a tough midfield to crack into. Like It seems like he's not going to be one of those guys. Can he hold forward status and... And be relevant that way. Again, it seems kind of tough. It does. So quite a few players. You talk about Cam McKenzie. There's another one coming on later on. Um, and they've got some older, steady heads in that midfield as well, um, as well as Will Day. Uh, so next at 15 uh, is a player I really like, uh, 30 games um, and given us two tonnes already. So we showed a ceiling for West Coast Eagles. It's Brady Hoff. Uh, like his chipmark game, um, I actually think he's uh, got a huge ceiling. Just depends on what type of role he's going to have. But if he ends up permanently being a halfback flanker, um, really impressed with the way he plays, especially in the fantasy game. Oh, it's probably I, I'm not. You know, it's West Coast, right? It's hard to read too much into what's happened there. Yeah, lately for mine, uh, we'll see if things settle down a bit this year. He's just got a great habit of having 30 and 40-point quarters. Um, to me, that's a great fantasy sign, building up, um, heading into his third season this year. Uh, was pretty good at the juniors in collecting the footy too. So like what I'm seeing on the fantasy world. Uh, number 14 um, is uh, a player who's getting a bit of midfield time, heading into his third year, playing some defensive roles, but also showing a ceiling. Uh, he's given us two tons already out of his thirty-six games, and that's Marcus Winhager. No, 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 not about no. it. No, not about it at all. Done, done. Really? Why? Out. 
doesn't um doesn't win enough of it outside the contest, doesn't win it inside the contest, don't like him. Okay, uh, Steve just putting um, uh, his shade on a two-year player in Marcus Winhager. Uh, I'm predicting his third year he takes the next step up and embarrasses Steve. So That's you fine. suck show, just mark That's it. Fine. Let's get it recorded. <laughs> Let's put it together. Nope. Mate, nope, I've, I've never sat on the fence. Never sat on the fence <laughs> once in my yeah. life. All right. Well, I want you to uh, make sure you stay off the fence for this next one because um, I'm unsure where this goes, whether this is um, a, a high-quality player or a um, or more of a fantasy player. I haven't worked it out. Uh, at the moment, he might be leaning to number one. Um, but Max Holmes, out of 44 games, has given us three tonnes. Um, showed us a bit of a ceiling, but he seems to score a lot in the 70s and 80s. Uh, so I want to know your thoughts. Uh, which side of the fence are you on with him? I reckon he's destined for the outside, mm. personally, which we know what that spells. Oh, he can be good on the outside, but they're the exception rather than the rule. Yeah. All right, well, let's get back to the Big 12. Wind, so, Windhager uh, is a clear fade for me. That's all right. You made the point. You've yeah, you've already okay. you've already said well, second year player you're not good enough. He's, well, you, you know you want to go back to Sam Barry. Sorry, mate, you played thirty six games in the first two years. Sorry, not good mate. enough. Not, not good, good enough. enough. <laughs> got, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> yeah. well, I don't. I don't want anyone to fail, Sato. I don't. Oh, I actually, I actually think that they were struggling without him in the team, and they got a bit of a rush home when he popped back in. So. Uh, that's I my like thoughts him, anyway. Yeah, I, That's I, right. don't know. I don't know. Don't Whatever. try and get it. You've put shade. Keep it on, mate. Um, that is fine. Uh, moving on to the Big 12, mate. So any of these you get uh, early in your keeper leagues or you trade for, pat yourself on the back, you've got some rippers. Now, there'll be no shade coming for number 12 um, because he is Steve's boy. Uh, 23 games he gave us. He's absolute class. Um, whether he's inside, outside, he's fine in the pill. He's only given us the one ton so far, but uh, for 23 games uh, and a pretty good average to really start, he's made a big year. It's Finn Callahan. Yeah, get around it. Can only can yeah. only be up from here. No shade. No shade from Mate. Steve. <laughs> You've got to be in the 12. You can't be just yeah. knocking on the door. You've got to be in. He's had 13 less games than Windhager, a, a ton less than Windhager. No, no, he's um, it, it's uh, looks high quality. His consistency um, is pretty impressive. 23 games, average of 71 in his career, average of 76 this season. So Windhager won like one clearance out of 90 centre bounce attendances. Like I expect you could stand Sorry, there we're blindfolded and Finn the ball Cal- would fucking land in your arms more often. Finn than that. Callahan, we're up to, mate. Sorry, you've given enough shade. Can, can we move on to someone else you're gonna give a bit of shade to at number eleven? Mate, you could have Blink one eight two in a studio for a week and oh, they'd wow. put out more good songs. <laughs> I'm gonna be artistic again. Okay, so we'll move on to number eleven. Um Three tons from his first uh, 39 games. He's an inside bull. We're a little bit unsure of what his uh, fantasy capacity is going to be like, but 
Uh, he's already shown us that he has got a ceiling, and when it all comes together, I think it is going to work out. Remember, Paddy Dangerfield took five years to become a fantasy stud. So this guy should get there. It's Jason Horn Francis. Yeah, right. I was expecting you to say Hobbs. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, – I reckon it – yeah. He seems like – like, he'll be a good super coach player, right? Yeah. But very, fantasy, very good. Very good super coach player. It, it seems harder for him to get there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those other guys are going to rack up way more than him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Number 10 um, uh, should have been a star of the show last week. Uh, for some reason, someone with an ACL was uh, 17 games. He's tackled his way uh, to two tons already. So that's a ton. Every 8.5 games, it's Ruben Jimby. No. Oh, God. No. He'll be good. No. He'll good be, he should be good this year. Yeah, yeah. For fantasy. I, but I throw him in the Sam Berry basket, man. I think he's a bit different from Sam Berry, but um, uh, I, I understand the point you're trying to make. Yeah, like he'll be good. He'll be fine. Two, two be tons fine. in your first season. You're showing scoring power. It's not scoring power though. It's what you. It's how you score. Yeah, that's fine. I, I think he'll build that up, mate. I yeah, think no, I, I think he will too. I think he will too. So I'm kind of more with you there. But um, yeah. I want to see it. I want. I just want to see some uncontested ball first. All right, next one um, is uh, probably a shock. Wouldn't have been on anyone's radar, to be honest, to be in this list. But uh, he blitzed this year. He gave us three tons. Uh, he's earned forward status as well. Uh, looks like an absolute star. Average 74 this year as a second-year player as a forward, which is quite remarkable. You know who I'm talking about, Steve? No, no. Mitch Owens. Oh, yeah, he was amazing. Jesus, yep. where did that come from? Yeah, absolutely. 29 games, three tons, and all the three tons come as a four, which is quite remarkable. Um, has uh, a midfield pedigree, but midfield forward pedigree. So I think he's one that will uh, end up having some bursts in here when the shade on Windhager comes from Steve. So uh, Mitch Owens looks a very, very special player, one of those academy kids. Um, the, the St Kilda crew are very cheerful about. Um, talking about shade, let's move to eight. I don't, um, I can't, can I just say on Owens, I don't know what to do with him. Right? Like, I could see him fall away for fantasy. I could see him blow it up for fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very promising sign though, isn't it? It is, but I look at that forward line, there was no one else there. He did yep. midfield things, though, which is amazing. Yeah. But if he goes into the midfield, does he – like, it's hard. For me, it's hard. Yeah, he it's Jackson? a hard read. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard read. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was – I think he was their number two ruck for a while. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So he's not going to have that amazing. this year. But he's no, not no, have that. Exactly. So, no, no, exactly right. Exactly right. All right, talking about Shade, uh, let's go to number eight. But he did have a pretty good year and had a real burst of about eight games that were really impressive in the back end. Uh, helped his team get to the finals, but didn't help him win a final. 
which has been something ridiculous, 3,000-odd days. But uh, um, out of his 35 games, he's given us three tonnes. There is a bit of question mark, but this year it was a forward, so he had more uh, opportunity to be relevant, an average of 77 this year, and that's Ben Hobbs. Like Hobbs. Like Hobbs. Don't know how he fits in for fantasy, though, because he's got two massive scorers in front of him. Yeah, absolutely. And and he's got a young kid coming through that um, is somewhat similar to him. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see um, what he does. But his footy looks good at the moment. 100%. Yeah. At number seven is someone we didn't see a lot of uh, this year. We're probably expecting him to break open in his second season, but I think he will. He's third. Uh, he's given us three tonnes out of his 30 games and also given us a high ceiling game over 120, and that's Josh Ward for the Hawks. Yeah, it's really interesting there. Everyone's got... A lot of people sort of were on the Josh Ward train, probably myself included. Never really happened for him. that They ran a really tight ship in that midfield. You would have thought a developing team opened it up a bit more. Maybe just as a layman. Um, fantasy pedigree, you have to assume they open it up this year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number six, uh, he's your boy. You're predicting big things from him, but he's already delivered big things. 34 games, five tons. He's a forward, and I think he's going to have forward status for all of his footy career. And it's Joshua Shelley. He's my boy. He's <laughs> your again. boy. Is he? You picked him as a breakout, didn't you? Yeah, well, okay. He, he's breaking out. He's only playing basically as a forward. Yes, he's getting some CBAs, but playing as a forward, his first two seasons he's played 34 games and scored five tonnes, and you're telling everyone he's having a breakout. Well, he's, he's just sort of broken out. He's a, if we're having a lean-ass forward year, he's the sort of player I look to draft. Yeah. Let's just let's just pipe the pipe down a little bit on the your, yeah, boy. your boy. That's all right. When it becomes Dawson, it'll be first thing you say. He was my boy, mate. He, he fucking Dawson boy. was my boy. Don't worry yeah. about that. <laughs> he was playing for seconds, and he was my boy. <laughs> We're digging up the digging up the files on that. All right for um um for the next five uh, massive guns in fantasy football for for years to come. Uh, two first-years, uh, two second-years, and uh, one top-ager in this group. Uh, first one, 18 games in his uh, first season, gave us four tonnes and two over 120. That's a massive ceiling first first season, and given us a tonne every 4.5 games. This boy is a superstar. I think he actually kicked goal of the year, I have to check, um, but Will Ashcroft... Um, absolute ripper from the Lions. Yeah. <laughs> Did an ACL. Is an ACL? He's done his something. Yeah. He's out for a while. He's, yeah, no, he yeah. looks amazing, though. Looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Super shattering. It's shattering. Really? Yeah. It is. It is. It is. It is, sadly. Um, next one, uh, I think, was as much a surprise as Owens that he, he went so well, but be, become probably one of the top six, top eight defenders in the competition, uh, only in his second season, um, played 40 games, given us 10 tonnes and three scores over 120. 
That's a ton every four games. In your first two years of your career, he averaged 91 as a defender, Wagonine Malera. Yeah. Last year. Good. Yep. Very good. Very good. Interesting moves for St Kilda this year. Still like him, though. Um, yeah, we'll yep. see. We'll see. But Very impressive. And, he, and he's run home this year when everyone thought it was tiring and he was just superb. I'm sure he'd be in the, for the last third of the season, he would have been in the top six defenders. I don't think there's any doubts about that. Um, number three, and people are probably surprised that he's three after the year he had, but there were two young dynamos that just uh, pipped him in the, the formula. Um, but this man's played 60 two games, career games, 21 tonnes, 10 scores over 120. So this is an absolute fantasy superstar. He's given us a tonne every three games. He averaged 113 this year. Don't tell me it's true. Errol Golden. Just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Remarkable year. The only bad thing about it was that he showed up. Showed up in the preseason, that like two hundred point game and one hundred and seventy seven. Yeah, yeah. I, I I looked at it when I was doing this data and I'm going, my god, you signalled it to everyone. Yeah, um, we're expecting a drop off, though, Stato. We're expecting, <laughs> we're expecting a drop off. <laughs> yeah, we we are, but I mean, we're not expecting a drop off to eighty four. Um, no. he, he won't drop thirty points average. Um, but yeah, so normally. That's number one. Um, but we've had a first year and a second year uh, that just blow the stats. And, and obviously this formula um, uh, has the, the positional uh, bonus, the age bonus, etc., which means he just gets pipped by these two. Uh, number two, um, uh, effectively ended up being a top six defender in your first year of the competition, which is quite remarkable. Played all 23 games, gave us 11 tonnes and gave us three scores over 120 in his first season. That's just ridiculous. This is a tonne every 2.1 games in his first year of his career. That's Harry Sheasel. You know what's really funny, Stato, is... The commentary around what Sheasel's done and no one, it's just like passe, right? Whereas yeah. Nick Dacos, the year before, everyone's just like mind blown. Yeah. I'm like, mate, like. It's amazing. It yeah. really is. So, sorry, I, I repeat, first season, 11 tons. Unbelievable. And I find it so hard to get away from the fact that he might be almost irrelevant next year. So you think, yeah, <laughs> he might be if, if there's a positional change like they're forecasting. So first year, 23 games. So if we combine Will Ashcroft, who I think we can be superb, uh, Josh Ward, who's played two seasons, uh, who I think we can say was superb, and Mitch Owens, who had a blinder in his second season, you combined all their tons, they're still less than Harry Sheasel for their tons for their career versus what he'd done in his first season. Yeah. Yeah. I I find it I, I just find it strange if they're thinking about changing him up, which I understand if they do, but I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. 
remarkable. You if, know more uh, about footy than I do. Is is that like? Does that seem strange to you, or it, it all depends? So that, look, at the end of the day, um, they'll be looking at it, going, "Do we want Harry Sheasel to be on our halfback flank when we win the premiership?" So we think it is fantasy. Of course, we want that player to be on the halfback flank if he can score like this. But they're probably saying him, Wardlaw, LDU are the starting three mids. So what do we need to do to develop him? Um, what's what's the best for the team rather than what's the best for the fantasy coaches? So um, don't know the individual, not part of the club and the training. They might be saying that actual Sheasel's the next Dusty Martin. So they want him 60% in the inside 50 and 40%. Uh, on ball so who knows um don't know I, I just watch where footy seems to be won these days i understand the half forwards are good but man if you can get that drive off the half back man who needs sheezer when you got zach fisher it's a good point it's a good point <laughs> right moving this on. is why we pay you the big money state <laughs> um <laughs> number one it's pretty obvious to everyone Second season, uh, he's now given us 21 tonnes, uh, the same as uh, Goulden with one less season under his belt. He's given us eight 120-plus scores. He's given us a tonne every second time he runs out in the park in his first two years of his career. He's played 43 games. His career average is already 98 um, and this season his average was 109. Of course, it's the Premiership player, Nick Dacos. Never seen anything like it, Stato. Except for Harry Sheasel. That's a good point. That's a good <laughs> point, you race. Well, we'll look forward to North winning the flag next year. <laughs> yeah. But it is just remarkable, isn't it? And for someone that they're critical saying he doesn't win much contested footy, he doesn't win many contested marks, well, when he picks that up, and that'll develop, the, the more time in the gym, that'll develop. What can he do fantasy-wise if he gets a free run at this and he picks up the contested part of his game? I mean, he already, he's, like he's already fine, right? Yeah, correct. He's already fine. I don't, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard. I, I don't know how much better you can expect someone to be. Um. Well, that's, look. At the at the end of the day, um, people not not everyone gets better, but generally year four to year seven are the real prime. So before injuries impact, you've got the knowledge, you've got the experience, you've got the um, the strength and conditioning to 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 maintain your consistency throughout the season. If this is just the start for him, Sheasel, Goulden. Um, Wangaline Malera, um, Ashcroft, Rochelle, Ward, Hobbs, Owens, uh, Callahan. You're talking a massive, fantastic group that we're talking about here. The, the difference is, like, when I see the guys who, like, if you can, you can probably score 115 every year if you're a really superstar level player for fantasy. But yep. when you go over 120, it generally means, like, I mean, in, Nowadays, the possessions are coming down. Things are coming down statistically. It means like your team's missing in an area and you're taking advantage. I always go back to like when Rocky 
was averaging just like banana numbers. The, the team was garbage. There was no one else there. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just, I, I really wonder, like, if Nick Dacos is going to average 130, what, what happens in that Collingwood midfield to make it so? <laughs> I mean, the key thing here is such a good user of the footy, so they want the ball in his hand. But what that'll do is that'll attract more attention than what he's got before, and he'll learn, he'll have to learn how to play through that and be better through that and have as much impact. And he will, um, I've got no doubt. Um, he's got that ability. I think Goulden's got the same. Uh, I think Dacos has got more pace than Goulden. Goulden can find space. And I think Dacos is going to be one of these players that you put pressure on him, but he always finds the way to create space. Yeah, and I, just the other variable we got, like compared to historical, like I look at historical numbers and just numbers are coming down. Now you've got five bench players. Yeah. So, you know, does that impact? And you still want your best users of the footy out in the yeah. park, don't you? Yeah, I understand that. I understand that. I'm just saying. You're just saying. Yeah, no, he's a machine. He's a machine, though. He is. If he's not top five in every draft for the next 10 years, I'll be blown away. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, that's the 22 under 22. I don't think I've ruined anyone's career, although you tried. Mate, Marcus Wintake is he's out of the league in two years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. not. Maybe not. Well, Sam mm-hmm. Berry, I mean... I'd, he didn't know. make the 22, but yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I hey, I copped it last year for not having him, and you know, he he averaged forty nine. So those that burnt you about it got burnt themselves. Yeah, I understand that. You know, maybe they need to, you know, listen ignore, up, ignore you. How's <laughs> <laughs> anyway? We'll get, we'll get on. To, if you had to pick someone from outside your top ten to break into it, and this can include the. The outside, you're 22. If you had to pick someone to break into the top 10 next year, um, even including the ones who are going to miss out due to age, who would mm-hmm. it be? Uh, two. Um, Fancy. Uh, Finn. Um, but I also think Connell McDonald, we haven't seen anywhere near the best of him. I think he's something special. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, I'll give you Wardlaw. It's all Wardlaw season. Ward and Wardlaw. Yeah. You've got to have Ward in your name to be good next year. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Anyway, we'll move on to the Twitter questions. Jaden Papowski, my good mate, what is the normal thing to do, RE, round zero in a single season league? More bench from a commissioner perspective. Um, is it only three games? Is that correct? Four. It's four games. So ten have got the buy. Ten have got the buy. I reckon in a draft league that you're, because this is the biggest buy round we've ever had, you actually start the comp in round one. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you, Stato. Um, and I'd usually say less fantasy is worse, but uh, I 100% agree. I think it's too many to cover. Yeah. The only thing I'll say is I'll 
you you got to make everyone aware of this before you start your draft. Like there's, I think four of the top five rucks, or there's a lot of rucks besides Tim English who are going to miss, um, round a match between rounds two and six. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the right way to go. Yep. Fair enough. Ninja Spoon, Listener League in Canberra next year, right? Take a lead from the AFL playbook and do the near dumbest idea possible. <laughs> I'm not sure what we're doing with the Listener League. <laughs> I love Canberra, but it's probably not there. No. Fish Week no. Listener League draft. Fish Week, Stato. Uh, I thought with streaming, Fish Week no longer exists. Yeah, I don't think it does. <laughs> <laughs> this shows my age. <laughs> shows yours that you knew what I was yeah, talking Yeah, about. I knew what I was talking you were talking about. Uh electric blue right there. Uh Russ, Stato's twenty two under twenty two has always been one of my favourite pods. Are there are a couple of younger players that miss the cut that you think have the potential to rocket up the list in a year or two? Uh yes. Well the the three that I mentioned because they just simply didn't have the, the data to, to put into the formula is Cam McKenzie, uh, Bailey Humphrey and George um, Steesboy. Yeah, and the Hump Daddy. Can't forget the Hump Daddy. Yeah, Hump Daddy. Chevron loves. Steve's son, Hump Daddy and Cam McKenzie. Uh, Dottie, uh, who's directly accountable for the fixture and where do I find them? <laughs> Um, as a, I think we've said what the trade um, best solution is, Doddy, and I think that'll work for all leagues because you've got the, the format where you can change at the start. And I like the start of Classic with um, basically you can bring in anyone and take out anyone or, or just have a best 18 sort of scenario. Yeah, Doddy. So I'll be interested to see what they come up. Big fan of classic Dotty. Uh, yeah. Pack and scent. My favourite part of the year. Thoughts on playing a rolling lockout given the draw? Who are yet... Well, we'll get to that one. Who, rolling lockout given the draw. I like the rolling lockout, but I understand someone like the me who is quite serious about this likes that complication where the more casual users, etc., don't like that. But uh, either way... Um, what you're saying is I I don't like getting burnt when I could have corrected it um, rather than I got burnt and I couldn't correct it. So I just go, yeah, if someone's a laid out from your draft leagues on a Sunday and you can't do anything, whatever. But I like the rolling lockout, um, but that's just my personal opinion. Uh, and who are the yet-to-play or make an impact guns from what was a cracking 22 draft? Yet to play. Um, it's a really good question. Um, there's one got delisted that I was a bit surprised in, in Ned Long. Um, so be interesting to see if he gets a go elsewhere. So potentially a, um, a redrafted player, Ned Long, um, although he did get a few games. I just think he's got some high quality about him. There you go. Major Van Bam, will Dimmer get rid of all the physios at Gold Coast? Therefore, players will have a longer injury list. (laughs) 
No comment. I'll le- no comment. Uh, Oogie Boogie, kudos to Andrew Dillon for proving if you put a little if effort into a fixture that seemed like it couldn't get any worse, it actually could. <laughs> Stato, your boy. Yeah, I um, I want to see how it plays out. I won't criticise until I see what it looks like. Yeah, that's right. We ah, flip-flop here at the <laughs> You need some evidence. It's evidence-based, right? Yeah. You need data. You need data. You need data. Do need data. Uh, Leroy, two-part. Stevens putting in 95% TOG with his elite endurance. Can he average 85-plus on that wing? Um. So when I saw that you mentioned him, I thought, shit, I better double-check his age, but he is too old for this format. Um Look, he has the potential. I don't know if there's a plus to the 85. I reckon the 85 is his ceiling. Yeah, and who has more potential to average 85-plus moving forward? Jordan Clark off half-back with Frio depleted or Isaac Rankin predominantly forward, no mid-time coming? Uh, Jordan Clark. I was probably surprised he didn't have a bigger breakout this year. But I, I will say they have quite a few... Uh, ball users on that half-back line um, and another one coming in in Heath Chapman. So if Young goes into the midfield like we're expecting him to, like he did the second half of the year, and Chapman moves to the wing, then, yes, Clark can get uh, around that 85 mark. But I'll put him just ahead of uh, Rankin if Rankin's not getting mid-time. It's a lot easier to average 85 off the half-back line than oh, shit, yeah. the forward line. Yeah. Um, DO, starting round one in keeper leagues, taking the players' round zero scores in their respective buy round. Wait, what the hell? Does it does mean scores known before round. To be named on field... Man, this is weird. To be named on field if taking score at start of round, i.e. no looping, eliminates all early buy rounds. Thoughts on fairness. Ooh. I would just skip round O. Yeah, that's what they're saying. They're going to start in round one, but the players who played in round oh, zero, right. their so scores the, the, will the catch up for their zeros. As long as your draft right is done prior. So what happens if someone's on the waiver wire that scores 150? It's just... Yeah, yeah. No, they have to be on field and there's no looping. They do say that. Yep. That's... Yep. That can be done. It's a bit of work. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be doing it, but if you can do it, then sure. Uh, Toby B, Windhager plus Sinclair Seagull roll. Not sure what that is. He's just saying that you're wrong, Steve. Yeah, right. Fair enough. Um, Mrs. Fizz says that. At least three times a day. Toby and B. rightfully so. It's Mrs. Fizzburner. <laughs> Rogan, <laughs> Rogan Josh, every year I make sure to start with Stato's boy, Andrew Brayshaw, 22. 23 was Will Setterfield, RIP. Is it Adams this year? Is it Taylor Adams this year or is there someone he hasn't said yet? Uh, well, we haven't started working on the draft kit. So the draft well, kit will actually help me. Um, and yeah, it'll be that process that'll help me identify where those true opportunities are. Um, I, I do like a few, but I haven't picked my boy, although if fully fit, good preseason, Adams will be pretty high. We're going to get the uh, My Boy show back. I think we've left that on the burner for a while. Yeah. 
Yeah, why not? Let, let's wait till we get a fair way through the kit. It actually really helps me work through um, what's going to happen. And, I mean, Setterfield was just injury, right? He was he was off to a fly. Gets injured round four or five and just never got back to his best. But the role was there. The scoring was there early. So, um, and Brayshaw, yep, he, it was his breakout year, 22. Yeah, no, it was just injury for Setterfield. Yeah. Just like it's Finn Callahan's year. Yeah, correct, correct. And um, um, yeah, I think you can lay claim to 23 um, in your boy. Which he one? Was I had very Flanders slow. I had Flanders. Yeah, Flanders. <laughs> Flanders your and, boy. And well, I also had Wanganee Miller. You know, the worst part is that I, I drafted them both in my home league and I had to drop them both. Oh, no. I did get Flanders back, but I didn't get goddamn... Oh, what, why did you have to drop them both? Because they were going shit. No. I had injuries. You I had injuries. said you had to. I had injuries. I had injuries. And then bloody Jono rode him to the flag. Sounds like an excuse to me, people. That that language where he had to was like there was a gun to his head. He had to drop them. Otherwise, baby Fizz and Mrs. Fizz were going to die. Mate, I couldn't drop Jordan Clark. Come on. <laughs> Anyway, I hope that was a good show for everyone. Uh, I know it's one of the more popular shows out there. Stata gets to waffle on. Apparently, you all love that shit. So. Yeah, it's great. Whatever, whatever. Give them all that they fun. want, mate. <laughs> Stato waffles. Yep. Hashtag waffles. <laughs> all right. Maybe that could be the Listener League entry. Who can eat the most waffles? <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Draft Doctors Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review.